Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, and you'll find the reading on page 900 in your pew Bibles. It's chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all, all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a robe, a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you so much for this warm welcome that I have received into Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church. It's so encouraging to me as I go forward into this new call in Honduras where I know you all have such a strong commitment. Please pray with me. Gracious God, may the words of all our mouths and hearts be acceptable to you our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I am the third generation in my family of mission co-workers, Presbyterian mission co-workers. Uh, my grandfather, whose stole this happens to have been, was a National Board of Missions worker in Ganado, Arizona in the 1950s, and my aunt was a mission co-worker in El Salvador in the 1980s, and she's now in Guatemala. When I was 13 years old, my parents took me and my sister to visit my aunt, who was then in El Salvador. During that trip, my young cousin would always ask to sing a particular song before each meal. <clears throat> Vamos todos al banquete, 
a la mesa de la creación, cada cual con su taburete tiene un puesto y una misión. And my three-year-old cousin would say, otra vez, sing it again. And we'd sing it again, and then he'd say, otra vez, and then we'd say, no, we're eating now. <laughs> But that means, the song means, let us go to the banquet, to the table of creation. Each one of us has a seat and a special mission. The song's verses, which were written under commission by the Archbishop Uh, Oscar Romero of El Salvador speak of joy and hope in sharing, of community, of justice, of good for all people, and proclaimed dangerously that all people have a place at the table. When I, when I hear of a banquet in the Bible, this is the kind of banquet that I imagine with my cousin singing grace. But this is not the banquet we read about today in this parable, which is a difficult and rather brutal story. This representation of God, this king, is, is brutal, not inclusive, volatile, overreactive, and unforgiving. A slave owner, in fact. The king's slaves were sent out to bring the good news of an invitation to a wedding feast to the king's guests. They not only refused, but the, they beat and killed the messengers. And then the king responds by burning down the town. And when the gospel writer in the end says all were invited, good and bad... I laugh to myself, wondering who are the good and bad in this story. Of course, this is a parable. It's not meant to be taken literally. It's an old parable, one that Jesus didn't say for the first time. Other rabbis would have told it, like a folk tale or morality tale. The, the motifs and themes would have been familiar, like, like Robin Hood is familiar to us. The speaker would have been telling it to make a bigger point about something else, some current event. So we have to take a step back and look at the context. This parable appears in another gospel in Luke. That writer places the telling in the house of a Pharisee, a rich person, and it makes explicit moral statements about inviting the poor and outcast to the table. There's none of the killing and burning of cities in that story. But this writer places the story, actually two parables mashed together in Jerusalem in the temple square just after Jesus' entry into Jerusalem before his crucifixion to shouts of Hosanna. The Matthew writer probably intends it to be a statement about the priests and other privileged leaders who were complicit in empire's oppression of their people, complicit in Jesus' own pending crucifixion and their rejection of an invitation to believe in God's son, the king's son. 
the burning and destruction of the towns in the first century probably brought to mind the destruction of the temple in the year 70 by the Assyrians. That's what would have been on the minds of first century hearers. 1,500 years later, when John Calvin read this story, he used it to support his theological idea of double predestination, condemning us modern Presbyterians to shrug our shoulders and shake our heads, not really knowing what he meant to say. So that's what this story meant back then. What does it mean to us today? What hope can we find in this confusing and unclear morality tale. I can tell you that when I think about Central America, El Salvador, Honduras, the burning of the villages stands out to me. During that trip in 1993, I visited the site of El Mosote. That's where Salvadoran soldiers, who were trained and backed by U.S. soldiers, locked dozens of women, children, and old men into a church, raised their town, set fire to it, set fire to the bodies. Hundreds of people were killed, peasants, poor people, defenseless people. The massacre is memorialized and symbolizes the brutal targeting of civilian peasants by armies throughout Central America. Ostensibly with good intentions to fight Marxism during the Cold War, but with devastating effects for families and innocent people. The archbishop who commissioned the song, Oscar Romero, was assassinated for preaching that everyone is invited to the table. Poor people have a place there, in fact, have a place of honor there. He was killed saying mass in a church. Who are the good and the bad in this story? How can someone who has experienced such horror and violence commission a song that says everyone has a place here everyone is invited everyone can come where does that hope come from not only can everyone come but the good and the bad can come who are the good and the bad it's an unanswerable question Nothing in the kingdom of heaven is all good or all bad. No one is all good or all bad. None of us, you or me. And really it doesn't matter. That's not the question. It doesn't matter because all are invited to the banquet. And that's where we find the miracle of hope that appears in this parable and in this song it doesn't matter who is good and who is bad. All of us, every one of us, all of us are invited to the banquet and God has set a place for each of us.
The discomfort in this story doesn't stop. We come to another uncomfortable part. This is an edition of the Matthew writer. It doesn't appear in Luke. It's another parable within a parable. Even a person who accepted the invitation and came to the party was thrown back out because he wasn't wearing the right clothes. For heaven's sake, it doesn't stop. Of course, it's a parable. The clothes aren't clothes, but what are they? I'm not entirely sure. Are they meant to symbolize a pure heart or a grateful posture or a true faith, good works, good intentions? It weighs on my mind as I look to Central America. I'll be in Honduras in about a week. Over the next few months, I will be completing my transition from healthcare chaplain to missionary. And I am suddenly very conscious about whatever good intentions I have towards my mission partner, the church, the Presbyterian Church of Honduras. I am conscious that I am firmly rooted in a stream of well-intentioned church missions and well-intentioned government actions that have been complicit in colonialism, complicit in violence towards peasants and the poor. What are the proper garments for me to wear when I go there? What are the proper garments for any of us to wear as we are seated side by side with rich and poor, with good and bad, with oppressed and with oppressor? For none of us is all any of those things. None of us is all oppressed. None of us is all oppressor. None of us is all rich or all poor. None of us is all good or all bad. So let us all go to the banquet, to the table of creation. For there we find justice, we find peace, we find plenty, we find forgiveness. And there we find God. Amen.